Hello, my name is Kimmy Trafford. I am starting a new pet podcast. It's called Mere Skepticism. I've been in the social media arena for about five years. I actually do um, some YouTube channels and quite a few social media outlets. And I work in the area of helping people to uh, rethink the way they approach love and relationships so they can avoid abuse. But this is a new podcast for me and it's really coming out of Um, a book that I'm writing and there'll be more, I'm sure, stories that I can share about how I've gotten to really be convicted that this is a podcast that we need. We have a lot of amazing voices in the apologetic arena of um, Christianity. And I think that that's a great thing. But one thing I've noticed is that there's a, a high percentage of people who don't feel comfortable looking at academic books and studies, and they they want kind of more of a down-to-earth view of how their doubts interact with um, their faith, as well as really the idea that how do we answer people in a way that is loving, that is not condescending, and isn't um, so academic that it can't be understood in a way that will build our faith instead of really detracting from it. So what we're going to do is start this mere skepticism podcast to be a safe place for you if you have doubts. I am not C.S. Lewis, although that is the foundational you know, reason that I've named this mere skepticism, because he was a very brilliant man, but he wrote a book that was extraordinarily accessible to all of us. And that book was Mere Christianity. It essentially gave really common sense reasons why Christianity makes sense of all that we see in the world. And it gives us a really great foundation and springboard that limits some of the in-house chatter about arguing, you know, are you a Calvinist, a Molinist, a Arminian? You know, what, what, how do you believe in salvation? How do you believe um, in theology? What What is your, um, your ideas of how you should worship, what kind of church you should worship in? We don't need to get into all of that to be able to stare down and be able to defend the faith of Christianity. It's okay that there's a lot of in-house debate and there's a lot of disagreement on things. And some people and and skeptics especially will point to that and say, it's just proof that your church is, is a farce. That's not really true. I don't think it's illogical to assume that if there is this great immense and all-powerful being that spoke the universe into existence that we humans would have different ideas about who that God is. That's why I think there's so many different worldviews to begin with. But then when you narrow it down to Christianity, I'm not surprised that there are different people when we look at scripture who will come up with different takes on things. I believe those in-house debates really show the diversity of humanity, not detract from the unity of God. So today we're just gonna start right off the bat with the discussion that I am uh, currently having with a skeptic who right off the bat, they come they come at you um, and I don't, I don't talk to, to skeptics or doubters that are rude, that mix all that they all their points with sarcasm and mocking there's really not a good reason to engage with those people and i'm not being mean it's because they're really not looking to have an engagement or a discussion all they really want to do is make themselves feel good by 
basically not even making a valid point against Christianity, but really if you take away the sarcasm, if you take away just the cruelty of the things that they do, there's very little to engage with anyway. They're not really saying Christianity isn't true, even though they may they couch it that way. What they're really saying is, I don't like Christianity. I don't like Christians. And I'm going to make you as uncomfortable as I possibly can because of that. So what we're going to do is, is allow doubt to kind of guide us, not in a, we're going to sit in doubt and it's going to make us, um, you know, frozen or, or scared to look at our doubts because man, if these skeptics are right, then I'm, you know, I shouldn't believe in Jesus. The reality is, and I've been a doubter my whole life. That is the language that um, I have really kind of probably engaged with the world the most in. And and when I, I was introduced to Christianity, at first I thought, wow, this is really great. But I probably for a good another 15 to 20 years wrestled down my doubts before I could just rest in the fact that this is actually true. And, and so I think that puts me in a really good spot to be able to share with um, this community that we hope to grow is to be able to share really common sense answers to these questions. And, and so when I had a question that I thought, and there were many that I thought, if I don't wrestle this down, I don't think I can hang on to my faith. The reason that I kept fighting was because I had had personal experiences of God. I'm not saying regularly, I'm saying over 30 years of faith, I've maybe had three. So we're not say, we're not saying that either that now that's how God operates more often. Um, that could be an in-house debate. But what I am saying is I had the conviction that it was true based on some some pretty cool things that had happened, but I didn't have um, a resting in it because there were so many places that people were poking holes at things that I was sensitive about. I mean, just a wide overview. Some of the atrocities of the Old Testament. Um, what is the role of women in, in the Christian faith? Um, what, what about the genetic fallacy? You're only a, a believer in the, in the place that you are born and raised in. So that's it's really what your truth is, is because you were raised in it. Um, for me, I really had to dig into the validity of scripture, textual criticism. I had to, I had to kind of look at origin science. And obviously as a layperson, that's not easy to do, but it is possible. And I encourage people not to be afraid to look into these things. Evolution, um, not being raised in a strong, what I would call man-shaped kind of, I don't mean man as in gender, but like human-shaped um, version of relationship with God. I didn't have a bunch of things that were necessary for me to believe, to think that I was a quote unquote good Christian. So I wasn't told if you don't believe in evolution, you're, you know, you're not a good Christian. If you do believe in it, you're, you're a good Christian. I wasn't told that I had to take a certain role about women. I wasn't uh, told that I had to have a particular response to gender identity or sexual orientation um, or attraction. You know, these kinds of things were not put in me at a young age. And I believe, and I hate to say it, many of the people that I have encountered and some of whom I've really cared about were raised in really strict environments where sometimes things that were not biblical were made stopping points. If you if you don't believe this, you're not a Christian. 
And that's dangerous waters to raise children in a place where we're going to take convictions that were basically not clear and they're not essential doctrine and say, this is what your faith is based on. Because what happens in the case of someone that goes to work in the sciences, they may be convinced that evolution is absolutely a reality, maybe not from abiogenesis, but in terms of just, you know, evolution, they're going to have a, a hurdle there. If you tell them that women can't work and they need to just have babies and stay home and to, to, to speak softly and all these other things, they're going to have trouble when they realize that there are scriptural examples of women that were leaders and were strong. They're also going to have difficulty when they run into people that are of the same faith that don't agree with some of those um, gender roles that are, are prescribed by certain groups. So the list is very long of things that people who are raised in a very fundamentalist environment where really things that are non-essential are made essential there's going to be big doubts and it doesn't mean Jesus didn't die for us. It doesn't mean that that Yahweh is not the God of the universe. But what it does mean is we have to be willing to step back and let God tell us who he is. When we do that, we're going to find that it's it's a little bit easier to walk this path. Most of the people that I know personally created a view of God or it was created for them as a young child. And as they got older, they realized that that was not the God um, that they were reading about in scripture and it shattered them to the core. Or maybe they were told that every single word in the Bible that they held is God's breath. And what we find out is that the doctrine is actually that the original documents are what God gave us. And then what we have is very, you know, well into the 90% accurate and very, very few items of it can even be questioned because of the tens of thousands of manuscripts. But if you believe and you were wrongly told that the doctrine of inspiration and, um, and inerrancy was the, was the Bible you're holding in your hand, well, then you're going to probably have a crisis of faith. So a lot of times people have crises of faith because they simply weren't told the truth. So we need to stop. We need to back up and we need to let our doubts speak loud enough for me, to, for them and for us to actually stop and say, I'm ready to get an answer to that. And there are answers and we will go to the brightest of the brightest if we can't answer things ourselves. So today's real question that we're just going to go over quickly and, and we'll get to the meat of things generally on these podcasts much faster than we are today. But I think it's important just to take the time to, for you to see this is kind of what we're going to be about. And so in the future, what we'll do is we'll just start out with um, if, we, if it's just going to be me with, the, you know, probably a late, a, a late debate, something I've gotten into recently with somebody that I think will be really helpful for you. If it's one of the things that you're struggling with to be able to find a common sense, just a, a layman's answer to these things. And maybe we'll have to dig deep into some of the, the, the academics of them, but maybe we'll be able to bring it down to a level that doesn't require us to get a degree. It just needs us to have an understanding. And I think that's the most fun of all about apologetics is when somebody realizes that maybe some of the things that they're struggling with really aren't about God at all. And they're actually about the way that we're defining him. So today, my, my latest debate, which has been super respectful and wonderful, 
they, th this gentleman really brings home the idea that I am a Christian because I live in the United States. So I'm just going to share with you a really simple response to that. And, and of course, mo many of you will immediately have the answer genetic fallacy, which the genetic fallacy is essentially the idea that the, the truth, the, the veridity or the false idea is based on um, where you got it from, right? So that, that that's only, it, that's the reason you believe it is because where you got it from. And that's just not reality. The reality is as a woman that became an adult convert, and I was again in my late teens, but really didn't embrace it until my thirties, I can tell you that I didn't have any external reasons to believe that the rational answer to all of all of life that I see is God, is, is the God of, of, um, of Israel and is of is in Jesus. I didn't have a reason to do that personally, but of course I was surrounded by a culture that did at that time, especially back in the 60s, they, they, that's what they believed, right? So the genetic fallacy basically says that that's irrelevant to whether or not I would choose that. And it certainly wouldn't change the truth of that. So, so even if I did, for instance, choose it because I had three friends down the road, that doesn't mean it's not true. Okay. And that's the best way to describe that logical argument. Now, having said that, I will say this, that the best way to determine if something is true is to look at what is the rational basis to believe that? And for me personally, I had to look at, was there a historical basis for the faith that mattered to me? Is there any archeology span that shows that that historical basis is accurate and true? I had to be able to see if it would agree with my sense of morality, the, 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 my sense of the appearance that we have, that morality is actually objective, that some things are truly wrong, even if everybody around us says they're not. And lastly, you know, this idea for me that um, essentially that not only do I have a, a moral compass, but I believe that I have free will. That's a, a extraordinarily narrow worldview to believe that we actually make decisions. Because if you're a naturalist, um, you, you believe that we are determined, that our, our beliefs, our thoughts, and our actions are determined by our biology. So my I think that's counterintuitive. I also believe that there is nothing in all of reality that exists without a material or efficient cause, something that caused it or some stuff that it was made out of. So to believe that the universe is the one exception to that is too much of a stretch. So I have these reasons and, and there's a few other ones, a couple other arguments and things that make sense to me. And like I said, some experiences that I've had over the years that have confirmed for me that my faith is true, that it is real. And when I stop and I say that, I have a rational reason to believe that being a Christian is a viable and I believe the most probably true conclusion I can come to. I need to feel comfortable and confident in that. It isn't because I'm surrounded by some people who are Christians that I believe those things are true. We all battle confirmation bias. We all battle wanting certain things to be true. But the nice thing about facing our doubts is that if we can't find a cogent answer to our doubts, then we need to be able to walk away from them. But we have to give them a good shot and we have to make sure that we're not fighting against a God 
that we created and then we say we don't believe in him. We need to let God tell us who he is. So that's today's. We're kind of just we're just kind of touching on our first argument to give you some grassroots, awesome common sense answers to questions that come up. And mere skepticism is going to go as deep as our community wants to go. But at the end of the day, I'm hoping to make it something that gives you confidence in your faith. If you are a skeptic, an atheist, an agnostic, you are welcome here. Your your questions are welcome here. Um, And if you are a Christian who is just looking for a place to get some doubts hammered out, glad you're here. I look forward to getting to know this community and really working together to help people let doubt not tear our faith apart, but actually build one that we can lean on. Have a great rest of your day.